Professional wrestling, like real life, is full of surprises. Hi everyone, it's Freddie Prinze Jr. And it's no surprise I can talk wrestling all day, any day. Kind of like how State Farm agents can talk insurance and help you choose the right coverage. When it comes to important insurance decisions, let State Farm support you with the coverage you need backed with 24-7 support. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to Connections with Eva Longoria. I'm Eva Longoria, and I'm really pumped about this episode because it's something that I think we all strive to get right in our life. Sometimes it's like the goal of our life is meeting the one. Who's the one? Where's my soulmate? Where's my partner? Where's my true love? And so I really wanted to talk about our connections with strong healthy relationships, right? Whether it's our partner or our husband or, you know, any sort of intimate relationship and really step out what we should be doing, how we should be doing it, why we should be doing it. And, you know, everybody's been reading about this, how like divorce rates went up during the pandemic. But at the same time, I was hearing about a lot of relationships that got stronger during the pandemic. And so how did those relationships improve over those two years? Like, was it that actual facing your partner at dinner every day because you had to be at the kitchen table because you had nowhere to go? Um, and so I found that side more fascinating than the divorce rates. I was like, oh no, like, I feel like that happened with me and my husband. We just got closer because we got to spend more time and more intimacy together. And so I'm really excited to talk to our guest today, Dr. Viviana Coles, about our connection to our partners and our most intimate relationship. Dr. Viviana is the president of Houston Relationship Therapy. She's the author of Four Intimacy Styles, The Key to Lasting Physical Intimacy. And you may know her from the hit show, Married at First Sight. So please welcome Dr. Viviana. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Eva. I'm always revved up to help people see that there is hope when it comes to connecting with your intimate partners. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We do get inundated with so many negative statistics, right? And yeah. Like, most people like to complain about what's going on and, and that's okay. But the couple who's doing well, it barely says a word. So yeah, I'm here to help y'all to see that there's a lot of good that can come from having a really honest, yeah. intimate connection with your partner. 
Oh, that's so great. And I'm so, I think people are going to find this episode fascinating because I agree. I hate fo- focusing on the negative, like divorce rates and the, 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 I was like, oh my gosh, no, no, no. Keep it positive. Cause I do feel like people look at Beth and I, and they're like, oh my gosh, you guys have the best, like you guys are couple goals. And, and so I'm like, I don't know, you could do exactly what we do and not have a good relationship. You know what I mean? And I feel like every person and every relationship is obviously so different. But what do you think those couples have in common that people go, oh, look at that. I wish I had that. Yeah. I think that the partnerships that people tend to revere are people who in and of themselves are positive people. They tend to look at the bright side. They tend to look at the good. We can all pick apart any situation, any person, we can always go in and with a fine tooth comb, find every single fault. But I think it takes even more brave and strong people and partners to look at the good in as Mm -hmm. much as they possibly can on a day in day out basis or else what are we doing this for? Nobody wants to deplete their partner. We want to add to their experience of this life. And I think that having a positive attitude can really help you do that. Yeah. And I also think like when people ask Pep and I, like, you guys have such a great connection. We got married at 42. You know what I mean? Like I made the mistakes of the other relationships and I just felt we were both like knew exactly what we wanted. And so some of it was trial and error in life. And sometimes people also say, cause I was married three times. Like my Pip is my third husband. People go, Oh, you know, every time I would break up with a boyfriend or a husband, they would go, Oh, Eva's so unlucky in love. And I go, unlucky. I'm lucky. I've been married three times. Like, that's what I always would say to people. I'm like, I've actually done pretty good at love. I'm I'm doing great. So I feel like, you know, looking at it that way as well, date yes. people, have experiences, fall yes. in love, get your heart broken, get back up, do it again. Like there, for me, there's nothing better in life than loving somebody um, and ex- experiencing that love from someone and giving that love to somebody. And so for me, I'm like, I'm lucky. I've been lucky. I've been married three times. How many times have you been married? <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know, what's interesting is that you said something earlier. You said, we knew what we wanted. We were a little bit older than the traditional, right? But it wasn't, I, I would venture to say, it wasn't so much that you knew what you wanted. You knew what you didn't want, but yeah. more than anything, you knew who you were. Oh, yeah. And who you were actually going to be to show up to connect with. Right. Because Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so often people who do experience ending a relationship as a negative or as a failure, which I think is totally bunk. Those people don't tend to learn from that, that experience because they're so stuck in the negative side of it. I think you probably learned more and more about what works for you. And you were able to then say, Mm -hmm. okay, the person that I'm looking for is going to connect with me, not a moving target. Yeah. Yeah. So when you met Pepe, you're meeting who he really is and him as a whole versus somebody who's in major transition, who's still growing and that, you know, that moving target. And I think that that helps you to be able to stay connected because you knew who you were and he knew who he was. Yeah, I agree 100%. And it is, you know, in your 20s, when you're trying to build your career and you're trying to build yourself and you're trying to find yourself, it's hard to fully give yourself to someone else in that moment. And not saying it's not possible, because I don't want to discourage 20-somethings from going out and experiencing this. But I just think, you know, you, you figure it out. You figure out what you don't want, more importantly than what you do want. And and I do think that was a big success for me and, and Pepe. But, you know, this idea of connection seems 
obvious in a romantic partnership. Of course, you have to connect with someone in your practice and with your clients. You know, you work with all kinds of couples every day. What is what have you seen as a strong connection? Like, I'm sure you've seen people that walk in and you go, these people should just call it quits right now. Like, there's no fixing this. Or you see people that you go, wow, they've got their shit together. This mm-hmm. is pretty cool. I mean, what is what is the connection What just at the fundamental core of that? Mm-hmm. Like, what should it look like? What should it be? It should look like not fearing vulnerability because I think a lot of people are scared to share who they really are and what their true thoughts are and feelings are even when they know them, because they're scared of rejection or they're scared that their partner isn't going to accept it or like it or appreciate or or even listen. So the couples that come in that I see, wow, you've got a great connection. They're just so open and it allows their partner the opportunity because I truly think it's, it's a gift when someone's vulnerable with you. It allows them the opportunity to grow with them instead of assuming that they're not going to grow with me, so I'm just not going to share. And then inevitably, those relationships don't work out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they grow apart. You grow apart. The other idea I, I've kind of hated, I hate's too strong of a word. I don't hate, you don't hate anything. You cannot like it, is the idea of becoming one. We should become one. And I think it's, it comes from obviously religious I remember, you know, in the Catholic Church getting married and lighting the one candle and now we are one. And it's like, I don't agree. You are now unified. I don't agree with that. What do you you think about that? I don't think you can become, I'm me and you're you. And I think we we could grow and experience. and, And I think that's also another reason Pip and I are very successful is that we're strongly each other. Like I am me and I am me in my entirety and I show up in my life as me present and alive and full of whoever I am. And he does the same, but I don't, I wouldn't say we're one. No. And I actually wrote about this in my book. I think it's imperative that in order to have true intimacy, that you feel whole and that your partner feels whole and that you can roll alongside each other and you're not trying to complete one another because I believe that that's a burden that you put on your partner to complete you. And we have enough work to do just trying to to make ourselves whole and keep ourselves whole and happy and healthy, that to put that on your partner and say, okay, complete me. I think that that puts your connection, not just at jeopardy, but at true risk of constant failure. Yeah, It's like you'd be under attack. It's too much pressure on another person to fill yourself. It's not anybody else's job. It's the same thing with like Dr. Shafali said it about kids. If you ask any parent, what is the number one thing you want for your children? And every parent will say, I want my child to be happy, right? I just want them to be happy. And she's like, no, you want them to have the tools to experience happiness, you know, and I was like, oh, and I'm a huge fan of that. Yes. Yes. You want resources. So people often argue with me because I'm like, I believe that people can change. I believe that people can thrive out of situations where they were barely breathing. I, I do. I believe that people can change. They have to want to change and they have to know how to change. Those two things are totally separate from from just saying you know, they can't. No, they have to want to, they have to have the desire and they have to have the tools. And that's where therapy comes mm-hmm. in. 
we help you to discover those tools within yourself. Because I do believe that people have those internal resources and how they choose to allocate them. That might have more to do with the desire, right? If you, if you have a partner that you want to change for, if you have a goal that you feel motivated to change for, you're more likely to do it. Mm -hmm. And if not, and you find a block or resistance or obstacles, you got to dive into that and figure out what's keeping you from connecting to this goal. Yeah. And in relationships, it could be something from your past. It could be baggage. It could be fear. It could be anxiety. It could be all sorts of stuff. And that's where therapy helps. Mm -hmm. Do you see gender differences in the desire or need to connect? I don't see a difference in the desire or need to connect. I see the discrepancy being with the expression of the need or desire. I see a lot of men who don't want to need connection, but absolutely want it from their partners. I'll just tell you, in my office, <laughs> most men will say, I want to feel wanted. Uh -huh. I want her to want me. I know she doesn't need me. Yeah. She can handle this on her own, but I want her to want me. Mm. I want her to want me around. I want her to like me. And I hear women saying the same thing. So there's this, you know, there's this sense of what are y'all talking about? Yeah. Because you both feel the same way. You both want to feel wanted, not just needed. I often get asked why I'm such a big fan of wrestling, and it's all thanks to my grandma. Growing up, we would watch matches together, and that bond turned me into a lifelong fan. Hi, I'm Freddie Prince Jr., and on my podcast, Wrestling with Freddie, we know how important it is to have the right teammate, because things can get pretty tricky quick. So, when things get complicated and you need help, State Farm gives you options. They show you what's possible for ensuring what matters to you. One of the things that matters to me? Sharing memories and revisiting wrestling's greatest moments. And with State Farm's support of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, I get to do just that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Have you seen through COVID more people needing therapy or like more people losing that connection or do you see the opposite? I haven't seen that a lot of people are losing the connection. I think a lot of people are finding out 
that the connection that they have isn't where they would want it to be. It's almost like we've all been put under a magnifying glass. Yeah. And it's like, okay, time to evaluate who are we and what's our connection like? Some people, like you said, did a really good job of continuing to improve their connection. And then other people said, wow, the connection that we have is really toxic or it's really absent of choice or respect. And so that's what I've been focusing on with a lot of my clients. What's the connection that you have versus what is the connection that you want? Mm -hmm. And what are the obstacles to getting that? Mm -hmm. And is it something that comes from one of you, both of you, from external forces? But yeah, a lot of couples have definitely focused on their connection during COVID. And what that is. So like if somebody who doesn't have access to a therapist like you who can help them discover that, how can you take an emotional inventory of that yourself? Like what is something you can do as a couple or even by yourself to go, what is my connection with my husband? And what are the questions you ask? What do you think? What's your advice about that? If people don't have access to a therapist, but they kind of do want to figure it out. So I think that the most simple way that they can do that is when they are in the same room with their partner, do they feel like there's an intangible string between them where they actually feel a sense of connection, even if they're not talking, but if you're in the same room with your partner, do you feel like you're, you've got like a, almost like a symbiotic wave going between y'all, or do you feel like it makes zero difference? You're not aware of them. They don't seem aware of you. They don't acknowledge you. Do you acknowledge them? Mm. Do you leave the house without any sort of recognition, a kiss, a peck? Do you tell each other what's going on in each other's lives every day? Mm -hmm. Big stuff, small stuff, whatever it is. If you're living, because even roommates tend to talk to each other more than some of these couples. Yeah. Or my girlfriend. Even roommates yes. are respectful enough, yeah. right? Yeah. They're respectful enough to say, hey, by the way, I'm not going to be home until much later. So don't set the alarm or whatever. Yeah. There are some couples who they are just so disconnected mm -hmm. that they... They just exist, but they don't coexist. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's something that you have to, you have to just feel it when you're in the room with your partner. Do you feel like it matters that they're even there? Or do you feel like you matter being there? Mm -hmm. And if not, that's a sign that your connection is very weak or non-existent. Mm -hmm. It's so funny. There's this other idea about negative connection. Like I remember one of my girlfriends got divorced and they were fighting over the dog. They didn't have kids and and, you know, uh, oh, you know, he dropped the dog off late this week and no, he, the dog, the dog, the dog. And all she wanted was a connection. She didn't care if it was negative or positive to this ex, you know? And I was like, I think you should give up the dog. Like, yes, like it doesn't feel like it's adding any value to your life. Let him keep the dog. Like, you, you know, your only connection left with him is negative. It's just... And so what about that negative connection and identifying that? I mean, because sometimes people think, they, they feel, they feel, don't think, they feel that's a connection, right? It's fiery, it's something. And you're like, no. It's like a trauma bond or, or a drama. I mean, drama yeah, bond. Think, you know, that's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of people out there who think, well, if, if they didn't get me all fired up, then that would really be a problem. If we didn't fight all the time, then that would mean we really just don't care about each other. No, you can have a healthy relationship without all of the valleys. You can have some peaks, but not all those valleys. 
And depending on what you grew up with and what you, the, your home life was like as a child and, and the examples that you've had around you about romantic yeah. relationships, you may think that that's the way that things are supposed to be. Mm. And they're just not. Yeah. Because those things cause major stress, which of course in turn causes health issues and all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it doesn't have to be dramatic to be worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a young thing because I remember, you know, a lot of my relationships were like, oh, we must care so much because we fight so strongly. And you're like, no. Or jealousy, right? Yeah. Remember when jealousy was like, oh, show me you're jealous. And that shows me that you care. It's like, please don't come. Nowadays, I'm like, don't come at me with that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. my I mean, yes, that's such a young thing. The insecure jealousy card. And now it's so funny. My husband and I were like, what? Like, it's so not in our vocabulary of uh, intimacy. Like, yeah, it would be so silly if that had happened. Like, it's such a silly idea to me. And it's such a waste of energy. Like, if I think back to how many times Mm -hmm. I was jealous about something, I'm like, oh, what a waste of it. It takes so much energy to be jealous. Like, it's like distrust is so out of style. Yeah. (laughs) We need trust. Trust Mm -hmm. is really fun. Yeah. Um, so I want to switch gears a little bit to intimacy because I think obviously connection and intimacy go hand in hand. And I also think people think intimacy means sex, sex, just means sex. Like, so can you define as intimacy? Cause there's like, you've said this before, there's physical intimacy and emotional intimacy. And I don't think a yes. lot of people know the difference. I think they assume it's just sex. And if there's no sex, it's bad or blah, like, so right. what's the difference? And there's no, and there isn't e- sex doesn't even mean sex, right? Like, as a certified sex therapist, I'm constantly telling people like, okay, well, wait, what do you mean by when you said you were having sex? What does that look like? What, do you, what did you do? Because it's not always intercourse. So I always try to say like, sex doesn't just mean sex. So mm-hmm. let's, let's define that. But intimacy, I believe that it is an intangible feeling of bonding and connection to another human being. And if you're looking at romantic intimacy, I'm thinking- mm-hmm. It is the sense of emotional and physical desire to want to experience pleasure, to want to be a part of the person's pleasurable experience of, wor- of the world through emotional health, through feelings of safety and security. I tend to focus on physical intimacy with my clients because there is so much information, amazing information out there about how to create and maintain emotional intimacy. Mm-hmm. One of the books that I love, I think it's amazing. I wish I'd come up with it myself, but I was, it came out in 92, so I was too young, but <laughs> is the five love languages. Yes, it I love such that. such a great resource. Oh my God, such a great it's resource. It's so straight to the point. Everybody gets it. It's super easy. But what I found is, you know, I've been practicing for about 20 years and mm-hmm. The last 10, 15 years, I noticed that like everybody would say, okay, we've got our emotional intimacy down. We love each other. We know how to talk to each other. We feel good about things. But when it comes to sex or physical stuff, we, what do we do? How does that work? Yeah. So that's why finally I was like, you know what? I'm going to put this in a book, the four intimacy styles. So we've got the five love languages, the four intimacy styles, got you covered. But when it comes to intimacy, it's still very difficult to define because it's something that you either feel or you don't feel. Mm -hmm. And intimacy is not just romantic. Mm -hmm. You can have intimacy with a friend, with a coworker, with a child, and it has nothing to do with sexuality unless you want it to, um, as to consensual adults. And I think for the most part, I believe that if you have emotional and physical intimacy 
for the long term, you can have the most satisfying relationship that lasts forever, yeah. which I think most people will agree with me that that's the goal. The mm. goal is to have lifelong relationships that are meaningful, that are powerful, and we cannot discount how important the physical bond is and how that helps to aid having emotional intimacy in the long term. Mm. But it's a hard thing to come by because for a lot of people, they prioritize everything over their physical health and their physical uh, intimacy. Mm -hmm. And we see that all the time. And people think it's just a natural part of life is to let your physical intimacy go as you get older. That is not true. It changes shape. It changes form. Mm -hmm. And the two of you have to work at it. Through my book, The Four Intimacy Styles, what I try to do is say there are four different motivators for sex. And when I say sex, I mean all sorts of sexuality. Yeah. Let's have fun with this, right? Yeah. Not just intercourse. Mm -hmm. And those are to have giving, release, bonding, and responsive. If you can have a little bit of each of those in every sexual experience, you can almost guarantee that your connection physically will maintain and stay happy and healthy for the long term. So I say round out your intimacy style by having about 25% of each in each sexual experience. Mm -hmm. If you can do that, I think you're going to be great. Oh, that's so great. But you know, what's so funny too, is when we talk about intimacy, like even if it's emotional or physical, I remember when I was single, I was fine. My needs were being met because my girlfriend group is so intimate. We share everything. Yes. We experience everything. We traveled together. We like everything was being fulfilled. So it's interesting that you say like, you know, intimacy doesn't mean sex. It means a need that is just fulfilled in a deep way. Everything doesn't have to be met by your intimate partner or your romantic partner. I mean, it doesn't, except that if you're wanting to have an exclusive monogamous relationship with the same person for as long as humanly possible, you do need to be able to have those two parts of your intimacy on point. Because if not, what would be the difference between that and having a friend? Mm -hmm. Most yeah. people want to be able to experience intimacy that has the physical and the emotional with one person. Now, that doesn't mean mm -hmm. that you cannot have parts of you lit up by other people. I think mm -hmm. that's why we live in the communities that we live in because yes, girlfriends, parents, kids, animals. I mean, we have connections that fulfill different pieces of us. You don't have to marry them and you don't have mm -hmm. to live with them. You can drop in and out of their lives. But for people who want companionship that is fulfilling for the long term and that is monogamous, then you do have to really focus on having a really nice rounded out intimacy style. Right. You should, for sure. Yeah, I agree with that too, because my husband and I, our interests are the same. Our politics are the same. Our food likes are the same. Our travel habits are the same. You know, it's like uh, we have the exact same love language. I mean, we really do. And wow. it's okay if you don't. Um, what about, so? so intimacy kind of leads to romance. And I feel like this idea of romance is, exploited through movies and books and and it's it's really set and unrealistic the media and, and things i think i've set a really unrealistic idea of what it looks like and so sometimes you know we look at romantic comedies and we're like well i want the guy to run to the airport and do that for me well that doesn't always happen and it doesn't have to be that way uh what is the idea of romance to you like how do you define romance 
So I think a lot of people do tend to confuse romance with seduction. Mm. I think that romance is a warm feeling between two people and seduction is a hot feeling between two people. And romance can lead to seduction, but it doesn't always have to. And I think the happiest couples feel like romance is something that is just around the corner, whereas people who tend to be more passionate about each other feel like romance tends to lead to seduction and seduction is what then says, hey, let's go. It's go time. Let's have some fun, sexy time. But Mm -hmm. romance doesn't have to look any one way. As you've seen, I know you've seen like there's a, you know, chore play (laughs) with Mm -hmm. with women saying, please help us do our chores. That is so sexy. That makes me want to (laughs) want you even more. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's something to the feeling that romance is a warm feeling that makes you feel loved and wanted, makes you feel like your partner cares. It's not just about the sex, whereas seduction is all about let's get down to business, right? It's Mm -hmm. all about trying to make sure that the goal of intimacy in the form of sexual intercourse or any sort of sexual play, that's the goal. So I think a lot of people think romance is seduction, but seduction is not romance always. Mm -hmm. And do you think we need romance in our relationships? I think we absolutely need to be able to have like something stoking the embers of passion. And I know that that's, I'm like, I'm not a poet or anything, but I, I feel like it's, I think we do need to have romance because it allows for us to feel again, that connection with the partner who's just sitting on the couch next to you, what yeah. makes them different, what makes them stand out from anyone else is that you do have that romantic feeling towards them. Yeah. That you just, you want to kiss them. You want to hug them. You want to touch them and you want to feel their touch. You feel like you could lean over and snuggle with them. And it's more than just a friend. It's more than just a family member. It's more than just the dog, right? Um, (laughs) They're so good at that though. But yeah, I think that there needs to be that in order to make you stand out as a romantic couple versus just any old friends. I'm always telling my clients what makes a sexual aspect of a relationship so important, a monogamous relationship, but an exclusive relationship is that you do the one thing that you can't do with anyone else. Your doctors can see you naked. You can sleep with friends. You're you're traveling. You can sleep in the same beds. You can say, I love you to everyone and anyone that you choose to. But Mm. when it comes to that sexuality, if you're in a a monogamous relationship, then you're only sharing that with them. And that's special. That makes it feel sacred. That just Mm -hmm. ups the ante to feeling like, wow, we've chosen each other in like a really special way. Yeah. In a deep way. I often get asked why I'm such a big fan of wrestling. And it's all thanks to my grandma. Growing up, we would watch matches together. And that bond turned me into a lifelong fan. Hi, I'm Freddie Prince Jr. And on my podcast, Wrestling with Freddie, we know how important it is to have the right teammate because things can get pretty tricky quick. So, when things get complicated and you need help, State Farm gives you options. They show you what's possible for ensuring what matters to you. One of the things that matters to me 
sharing memories, and revisiting wrestling's greatest moments. And with State Farm's support of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, I get to do just that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. So as families and relationships are evolving, especially in like social media world and app dating and feels like just like I was telling my husband, I'm like, I can't imagine dating today. I oh my know. God. I, We're so lucky. <laughs> We're so lucky. <laughs> I was like, I had to be on a website. What? Oh my God. And then on top of that COVID where you physically couldn't touch somebody, yeah. you're like, are you tested? I mean, both AIDS and COVID. Like, uh, yeah, every- <laughs> it's like, there's just so much, so many more obstacles for our young people to uh, jump through. But I guess as families and relationships are evolving, what 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 do you want to see for couples? How they can keep strong connections with each other? You know, what steps do you want people to take? Or what, what does that look like? It's like, don't ever stop being interested in your partner. Don't ever stop being interested in what makes them tick, what makes them happy, what makes them sad, what scares the crud out of them, what turns them on. I mean, what turns them off? Like, don't ever stop being interested because the minute that you stop being interested, you stop caring, first of all, and you start looking elsewhere because I do think that it's a, it's only natural to be curious. And if you're not going to be curious about your partner, you're going to be curious about someone else. And then you get into cheating, affairs, betrayal, deception, and that that does not feel good to anyone involved, especially the person who's doing it. Yeah, I agree. And I think that like, if you don't have access to a therapist and you don't know how to navigate the romantic space or navigate what your connection should look like, like there's so many, I think there's so many resources online and books and things that could really help you ask the right questions, not get the answers, But like ask the right questions of yourself. Well, and not only that, but, you know, just like when you're trying to grow your business and you're a career woman, so you get this, your mentors will always say like, find somebody who's a great role model. Find somebody Mm. who seemingly has the job that you want Mm. and ask them all the questions about how they got there. It's Mm -hmm. the same with having healthy representations of connection and love in the people around you. Couples who are around other couples 
who seem to be happy and healthy. And I say seem to be because behind closed doors, that's another thing. Yeah. Um, but who tend to spend time around other happy and healthy couples do better because oh, they're getting, yeah. they're, they're a constant source of not just positivity, yeah. but of resources. How do they communicate? How yeah. do they share when they're scared? How do they travel well together? All of those things. Mm-hmm. Try to surround yourself with couples that you admire and that yeah. seem to be really respectful of one another. Yeah. It's the same thing. Cause I agree. I have a strong, we have such a strong couple game, you know, like yeah. everybody yeah. in our life is just like, yep, they're married and strong. They're married and strong. And again, assuming, I mean, we've been, we've all been together 20 years, like our whole little group. And it's the same way divorce is contagious. Like, <laughs> I remember me and my girlfriends, we all got divorced at the same time. And then we all remarried at the same time. And now we're all in like very healthy relationships. But it was was so funny. It's like, I feel like the same way is opposite. Yeah, exactly. And and you want to protect yourself and you want Mm -hmm. to sometimes put your relationship in a bubble if you're starting to understand that there's some strife happening in in the couples around you and your friend groups. Of course, you want to support them and encourage them to get professional help because you don't have the resources to do that on your own. And you certainly don't want to encourage them to do something that isn't going to be great for them. But you do want to sometimes say, okay, sure up, let's do this. We got to, you know, people around us are, are starting to argue and bicker and they're going negative. We need to protect ourselves from that and not let that poison us. And like you said, it can be contagious, especially because as women, we want to feel like we're relating to the people around us. And if all they're talking about is how much they hate their partner or hate mm-hmm. their job, which I think is a strong word too, I think it's important that you don't necessarily buy into that because that can start to really seep into your relationship. And you don't have to join them to be supportive. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But you're right, that happens with anything. Like everything you digest, if it's toxic social media, if it's toxic friends, if it's toxic couples, like you are absorbing all of that. And so really, I think we have to curate our our life to be consuming what we want to be or what we want to feel like. And I do think if you have that friend who's like, I hate my job. I hate my this. I hate my that gossiping about everybody gossiping about it. And you're like, you be, you become that, right? Like it just is a matter of time before you hate your job. You're gossiping about everybody. Like uh, I can't find a man. Me neither. I can't find a man. This world sucks. Yeah. Yeah. The world sucks. You know? Yes. You need the opposite. I think you need the opposite. So I couldn't agree more. So important. Um, So I ask every, I'm so excited. This has been such a fascinating conversation because it feels simple. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think we do overcomplicate this. I think that there are times where it feels like it's, you are like, how will I ever really truly be intimate with someone else if you struggle with it? But I think if you are feeling whole and you're feeling positive and you're feeling curious, intimacy is just around the corner. It really mm-hmm. is. And most of the time you're going to experience what it feels like when you are constantly and consistently showing interest in your partnership, showing interest in your partner and growing as a person in and of yourself. I think it, you, you got to keep yourself interesting to be interesting. Like <laughs> you, you got to yeah. and, and add something, you know, we're always talking about 
people who are at the dinner table and they're just on their phones and they're not talking to each yes. other. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. And look, there are times where I'm like, I got to answer this email <laughs> or, or, yeah. oh my gosh, something's going on. But my partner. But that's the exception. You know what I mean? It should be the exception, right? not the normalcy. Yeah. But you want to be that person who ha- who either read something interesting or did something interesting to share with your partner at the end of the day. Now, there is such a thing as being too connected through communication because there are sometimes couples that are like, we have nothing to talk about at night because we have literally followed each other throughout the day and we've already discussed everything. There's some there's some call for mystery, right? Your partner doesn't have to know every single thing you're doing all the time. Um, mm-hmm. because you do want to have something to talk about on date night on Thursday, right? That's, yeah. There's something to that too. I agree. So I ask every guest this before we wrap up, what's a book everybody must read? It could be one of your books. It could be something else. You know, I'm a huge fan of another Texan, Brene Brown. Brene Brown! Brene! I love Brene Brown. Yes. Oh my God. I'm a huge fan of um, Darren Greatly. When you can understand yourself better, you're just going to show up for your relationships better. So Mm. I think she does an amazing job of helping us to really be insightful and learn about what makes us tick and where our flaws are and how Mm. to get out of those and and really show up for ourselves and then our partners. And of course, my book, The Four Intimacy Styles. I think I just really want to get the word out about it. I think that people, people deserve to have marriages and the investment that they put into their relationships emotionally, I think that they deserve to also know how to do that physically for the long term. And I don't want anyone to break up just because they've lost that physical connection. So yeah, yeah. for intimacy styles. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much for jumping on and really helping us walk through, you know, what our connection should be with our significant others. This is a good kind of macro view. I always like to just like give a macro conversation about it of like the why, why should we even have connections? And and so you've just been so insightful and I'm so, so grateful for your time today. Thank you so much for having me, Eva. Thank you so much for listening. I'm happy to be connected with you. Connections with Eva Longoria is a production of Unbelievable Entertainment in partnership with iHeart's My Cultura Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeart, visit the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most, State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.